0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Busy Blooming Podcast. My name's Tess. I'm Alexis. And we're your hosts of this podcast. If you guys are new, um, Busy Blooming is a network for post-grad women or women in their twenties. We have an Instagram where we just hit a thousand followers. So exciting. yay! <laughs> yeah, we're we're pretty pumped about that. So um, yeah, we have an Instagram, we have a Facebook group, we have a blog, a LinkedIn. So there's a lot a lot going on in the Busy Blooming community. So make sure to join, follow us. We host giveaways, and it's just it's a good time all around. So. We have a really great episode today. We interviewed Zoe Pritchard and we talked all about finances in your 20s and working at a big four firm, quitting your job, asking for a raise, just so many good topics. But before we get into it, as always, we want to hear from you guys in the community. So we asked you on Instagram two questions about finances. And as always, you guys gave such good answers So we wanted to go through them before we get into the interview and just chat about finances in your 20s. Um, so yeah,
1: yeah, okay. So the first question we asked you guys is, What's something you regret buying in your 20s? So, Tess, yeah, what's something you regret buying in your 20s? (laughs) I know I was trying to think about this, and truly, I do think I have
0: a bit of a shopping problem. (laughs) So, same, (laughs) I don't know if it's bad that I don't regret buying as much stuff i feel like i should regret more but i just don't
1: me too it's like i love everything i've ever bought
0: (laughs) i know (laughs) however i feel like i feel like with the pandemic i definitely am not like in my usual spending habits but Mm -hmm. when i think of something i regret spending money on i think i when i was working in the office like full time i wasted so much money on coffee and eating out yeah like I I had no absolutely no reason to eat out every day (laughs) but like yeah I don't know I would buy a Starbucks coffee for like probably seven dollars like a latte Mm -hmm. and then I'd buy probably like a twenty dollar lunch like that's like thirty dollars every day like that's crazy so I think
1: that's like a huge thing Mm -hmm, yeah I used to do that too all the time like I remember in one of my old jobs it was literally right next door to Starbucks like yeah there was a tunnel that connected my building to starbucks so i didn't even have to go outside oh that's I, dangerous it was, it was so dangerous i literally went every single day <laughs> oh my god i think
0: we're going back to the office like in october i'm gonna try oh to god. be one of those people who like brings their lunch because it's such mm-hmm. a waste of money like you could make know. a salad and bring it like it's so easy i don't know i
1: know it's so easy to make a lunch but then it's like when you have to do it every day you're like i can't even be bothered i know I know. So, yeah, I think that's mine. What's yours? Okay. So, mine is something that I bought a few years ago. And it was back when really, like, full coverage matte makeup was, like, the thing. Yeah. And I was watching... A bunch of YouTube videos, as I do, <laughs> and everybody was using the Marc Jacobs foundation. Oh yeah, like the really, really full coverage. I think it was called like the Remarkable or something yes. like that. Mm-hmm. it's literally an eighty dollars foundation. So expensive. Like, so expensive. Yeah. But I saw everybody using it, and I was like, Oh my god, I need that. Like, mm-hmm. I just need it. So I bought it, and I hated it so much. I like, the same thing. You bought it too. Yeah oh my it's god it's so and bad did you hate it yes <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like putting paint on your face i know oh my god that's so funny that <laughs>
0: you <laughs> bought it too i did the same thing i think both of you and i have like a spending problem
1: <laughs> <But> <laughs> yes because it's like i was 20 years old in school full time i did mm. not have a job i know i had the exact same so experience <laughs> and i probably could have returned it now that yeah. i'm thinking about it because i'm pretty sure sephora will like take yeah i've back. returned mine okay, well, I didn't return mine, (laughs) so I really wasted the $80. dollars
0: you like, have it posting pictures of it on Instagram.
1: (laughs) Yeah, be like, I'm so rich. Look at my $80 foundation. (laughs) Okay, so those are our
0: answers um, to things we've, you know, wasted money on in our 20s, and we asked you
1: guys on Instagram. So let's just – let's see what you guys said. So, someone said, so many Lululemon leggings. I feel that. (laughs) I feel that.
0: (laughs) Someone said, I regret renting my apartment for so long. If you can purchase a house, 10 out of 10 recommend. I know that's the thing. Like, rent is, when you think about it, a huge waste of money. Yeah. Putting your, like, if if you put a down payment and then you pay off the mortgage, like you're putting money towards something, but rent is literally Mm -hmm. just like throwing money into the air. i know yeah
1: i know someone else said all the drinks and clothes and transportation etc costs of nights out that i didn't even really want to go on yeah i honestly
0: i feel that one yeah that's like what you said in your what you would tell your 18 year old self
1: oh yeah, yeah yeah i remember like maybe it was like my fourth year of university me and my roommate sat down and we like tried to add up all the money we've spent like in a year going out oh my god and it was shocking yeah and disgusting and terrible and ever since then i've been like i can't believe i did that (laughs) like you spend so much and don't even realize
0: it i know i think last summer in toronto like stuff opened up for like a month in the summer Mm -hmm. i remember Mm -hmm. my first night out my bill was like 145 dollars or something oh my god which is like why like If I just stayed at home, I would have saved like 150 bucks. Like, I know it's so expensive going out like and you don't even realize it until the bill comes because you're all like splitting drinks and like splitting appetizers and like drinks are just expensive. Like you'll spend like $18 on like a sangria or something like it's just stupid. But
1: I know. I I know. know. And then sometimes like after you've had the drinks, you're like, it doesn't even matter. I know. I'll just buy more for everybody who's here. And then you're like, oh, my God, why did I do that? I know. (laughs) Yeah.
0: No, it's true. That's a really good yeah. one. Okay. So the other question we asked you guys, kind of the opposite, is what's the best money tip you've learned in your 20s? And also in our, in our interviews, Zoe gave us like so many good money tips mm-hmm. as well. Um, so
1: many tips. But so did you guys. So
0: a lot of people said pay yourself first. And I think that's such a good tip. And that's something I just started doing this year mm-hmm. is when you like, when you get paid, it auto transfers into your savings account oh yeah yeah it's i feel like it is really hard and i hear that all the time like pay yourself first and i feel like it's really hard like i found it hard until it like automatically came out like i would just pay my bills and the excess would just like stay in my checkings account but -hmm. i think the pay yourself is like put your into your savings and then pay your bills like if you can
1: yeah that is a really good tip yeah someone else said invest no matter how little it is fifty dollars a month in your 20s will make you so thankful in the future
0: yeah, a lot of people were like, invest, stocks, TFSA, RSP, do everything. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> do it all. It's true. And I think there's a lot of really good podcasts, actually, that go mm-hmm. into, like, all of this stuff. Because I feel like, I don't know if it's necessarily the best practice to, like, just go to the bank and get their advice. Like, I think it's definitely worth doing your own research on how to do all this stuff yourself. Um, yeah. Which is something I wish I did earlier on. Like, I was just like, oh, I don't know how that works. And I also like just never had enough. Like my paychecks were just never enough. Where I had like I felt like mm-hmm. enough to invest, but I think that's not true. Like even if you have ten bucks to invest, yeah. Like,
1: yeah, yeah, that's so true. Oh, I love this
0: one. Someone said, "Only buy something on sale if you would buy it at full price." Ooh, that, that is, is such a really a good, good tip. one. Yeah,
1: that is a really really good one.
0: Okay. So I think those are all the tips we're going to read. As always, make sure to follow us on Instagram. We love hearing from you to start the episode. So um, yeah, make sure to follow us. And speaking of finance tips, we have a bunch of great tips that Zoe went into in our episode. And yeah, I think that's it. Is there anything else you wanted to say before we get into no, it? No. I think we're good to get into it. Cool. So um, yeah, let's jump into the interview with Zoe. Zoe. Okay so we are sitting here with Zoe Pritcher on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you on. Um, There's just so much I want to talk to you about and I just I can't wait. I'm so excited. Me too.
2: This is my second ever podcast so. I feel feel honored. Yeah (laughs) and first podcast with a mic so. Yes
0: this is like a high quality situation we got going on. It took us a second but we got it. We got it. Okay, so before we get into it, I'd love if you could just take a minute and just tell us about yourself, who you are, what your days look like, and just let's learn about you.
2: Yeah, that's always the worst question, Air. like the <laughs> hardest the hardest one to answer. So yeah, yeah, my name is Zoe. I'm 24. I live in Montreal. Um, I'm currently working as a software consultant. So online, that's kind of what I'm most known for is like my work vlogs and working as a consultant here in Canada. Um, what else? So my day-to-day is pretty much me juggling, working full-time at what is quite a demanding job and then balancing my side hustle, which is YouTube, um, that has grown a lot over the last year, which has been so fun. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, and that pretty much occupies most of my time. I like to stay busy. Um, meanwhile, battling like anxiety and all of that, uh, <laughs> that I talk about a lot in my videos and mm-hmm. maybe we'll talk about in this podcast. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Cool.
0: Thanks. Yeah. I relate to that so much. It's like the YouTube is just such like a time sack outside of work, like doing YouTube and full-time work is
2: it's a lot. (laughs) It's crazy. And it's, it's the kind of thing I find, and I'm sure you can relate to this is like, it's so much fun that Mm -hmm. you don't realize or feel how much time is passing when you're doing it. But then you're like, Oh my God, I have no time left in my day or in my week to to watch TV or to like see people. Um, it's like easy for the time to, to slip away, but it's super fun, yeah. so.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true, it is fun. It's like you have, like people are like, oh, how do you do it? And I'm like, I have no life, like yeah, besides yeah. work and YouTube and that's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so um, the Busy Bling podcast, it's all about being in our 20s and just, you know, trying to figure out life in our 20s. And we ask every guest the same question. I would love to hear your answer. So uh, if you could go back to yourself at 18, What is something that you would tell your 18 year old self?
2: Yeah, there's so much I feel like I would tell myself at 18. And it's kind of funny because when I was 18, I thought I was so mature and I thought I knew everything. And looking back, I was just like this ball of anxiety, um, I think is the best way to describe me at 18. And so the biggest thing I would tell myself is kind of like, it's not that deep, like everything (laughs) you're worried about is going to be okay you're going to figure it out. And things aren't as big of a deal mm-hmm. as you feel like they are in the moment. Like, I think when you're 18, you feel like you need to like have this life plan and figure everything out. And it's, it's just not the case. Like things kind of just fall into place and you change your mind and that's okay. So just, I would tell myself to relax, like just relax yeah. Zoe. You're fine yeah. relax. <laughs> and have more fun. I didn't have enough fun when I was 18, like mm-hmm. too busy stressing. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I relate to that so much. I always see these like 18 year olds, like out and partying and like living such a fun life. And I'm like, why couldn't I just be that
2: carefree at 18? Like, I know it was so serious. Exactly. I was serious for for nothing. So if you're 18 and you're listening to this, chill out, have fun. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Um, Okay. So I have
0: so much to get into with you. I just yeah, I was watching your vlogs and there's just so many similarities between us and you share so much about finances and your job and just everything. So, um I think I would love to just hear your kind of career experience post grad. I know you said you work as a consulting as a consultant, but um yeah, could you just tell us like your experience with the job hunt post grad and kind of how you got
2: into it? So, Uh, I would say I started my job hunt two years before I graduated. And that kind of goes back to me being like this super (laughs) planner and like worried about everything. Um, and I knew I wanted to work as a consultant. I was very determined and I was like consulting or bust basically. Mm -hmm. And for most consulting firms, the recruitment cycle starts the fall before you graduate or the fall of the year that you graduate. So, um, I had started applying and going to all these networking events and really like immersing myself in the recruitment world of consulting. So anyone who's listening, who's interested in consulting or who works as a consultant, you know about that. Um, And it's also similar to accounting. You kind of have to go through. I think there's a lot of careers that Mm you go through like this recruiting season, like it's crazy it's so intense yeah it's it was and I did that twice because I was so paranoid that I wasn't going to get a job that I did it a year before I was even ready to graduate and I told myself if I get a job I'll speed up my graduation and like graduate now so I can work like I was crazy Oh my god (laughs) but I was super determined and I definitely think that helped me like having a clear path of a clear idea of what I wanted and knowing exactly what I wanted Mm -hmm. um And so that was my job hunt i went to every single event i applied to every single job i did my research on the companies i networked with people like i really went all out Um, and i hope that me saying this doesn't stress anyone out but sometimes that's what you have to do you like Mm -hmm. the job market is so competitive and you really have to put yourself out there um Mm -hmm. in order to get into it and that's kind of just especially corporate world like that's what you have to do and so that's what i did
0: totally and then your first like first job out of university what was that like
2: like was it everything you thought it'd be no (laughs) and that's like my claim to fame right Is like I got this job and it was all fancy and I was so excited Mm -hmm. and it was like whoa this sucks yeah um it it was not what I expected it was honestly terrible Mm -hmm. um I mean, the short answer is no, it's not all it was cracked up to be. And I think for a lot of people, that's the case. Like you have all these high expectations and then you're just like, wait a minute. Like I'm just a number, like Mm -hmm. work isn't that great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But that's okay. Like you have to figure out how to make it great. And like, my biggest thing is like, if you're not happy, time to go, you know, find something else that's going to make you happy. Totally
0: yeah I can relate to that so much my first job out of school was at a smaller company and then my second job I landed um, a job at one of the big four firms and in project management and like I remember like especially being in Toronto it's like the firm I worked at was where they filmed suits Mm. and like you'd I'd walk by this building and I would see like all these people you know in suits and with their little laptops and their briefcases and I'm like I need to work there. Like I yep. need to, all those people. It's like my life will be so glamorous and just so exciting and challenging. And I don't know, it's like, it's all the optics of the job. Yes. That's like the best part. It's like being able to tell people you work there and working the building. And that's like it.
2: <laughs> like no, I remember thinking that. <laughs> you're so right. Yeah. On the note about optics, like yeah, we're really sold this like vision of mm-hmm. like corporate for us corporate canada right yeah and yeah. i think one of the biggest things when i started work where i realized like oh this isn't it is when i looked at those people above me like mm-hmm. the managers the senior managers etc and they weren't like living this glamorous life that it right. like it seems right they were stressed right. they were burnt out they weren't spending time with their families they weren't seeing their friends and so i'm like wait if that's what i have to aspire mm-hmm. to that's not what i want And that's part of how like it kicked in. Like part of it was that. And then the other part was like my internal feelings and kind of gut feeling that made me realize, (laughs) oh, this isn't what we were sold.
0: This isn't what we were told it's going to be. I know. I remember when I was thinking of leaving that job, I had a job offer for the job I'm at now, which is a startup. So it's like so different. And I remember making like a pros and cons list. I was like, okay, reasons to stay, reasons to go to this other job. And the reasons to stay were like, it's cool. Like it sounds nice.
2: <laughs> I wish the people listening could see my face right now because it was the same for me. It was like, it's cool yeah, to tell people that it I is. work at XYZ firm.
0: Yeah. And it's that's such it. an ego thing. Like, because And, and yeah. you, when you
2: tell people you work there, they're like, oh my God, that's so cool. And you, you feel nice, but then on the inside, you're like, it's really shit.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. I, I can relate so much. And I remember when I got that job offer, it was like the best day of my life. Mm-hmm. I was like, this my life is has peaked. Like yep. <laughs> the fact that I get to work at this company and then and I think like to be fair, I, at least in my experience, I don't think it's really like the company. I think it's often just the team you're on. Mm-hmm. Because I remember seeing like other teams and they seemed different than mine. And I think it really, really comes down to like the people you work with. What do you cause you work at a smaller company now? Mm-hmm what do you think are like the benefits between working at a big company versus a small?
2: It's interesting because the company I'm at now, when I first left my big four job felt really small. Yeah. And now that I'm into it, it feels really big. Okay. Um, so I, I think the biggest thing is just not getting lost in like this sea of employees. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that you have easier access to like top management, mm-hmm. one, makes higher up roles feel more accessible to you because you know the person who has that role and you can speak to them. And then two, it can give you a lot of learning opportunities if you do want to grow within a company. Well, I can speak with the directors, I can speak with the, the president, like whoever. I think that's really, really beneficial. Um, and I think for a lot like there's a lot of people who thrive under bureaucracy and red tape, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people who hate it and i mm-hmm. I hate it, yeah, um having to go through processes and blah blah blah, like it's just it's not fun, and mm-hmm. I think too you're there's just more opportunity for you. you can try different things, you can move around, you can mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I think so too, and I think there are definitely benefits like besides it sounding cool and being fun, like to tell people that you work at big companies, I think for me, like working in marketing, you do see like best practices. Like you do see like, this is the best of the best marketing, like you're going to see probably. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, it is a good experience. I would say for like, if you can do it for like a year or two, Um, it is nice to see like global standard of work. Um, but yeah, I think a small company, like you said, it's so cool to be able to just like grab coffee with like the C-suite people. And, um, I think your title can change like faster. Like you could become Mm -hmm. a manager and a director and specialist and stuff like that a lot easier. Um, so yeah, I think there's definitely like pros and cons to both, but I think it really just comes down to the people you work with. And in my experience, the people at smaller companies have always been like people I've connected with easier. So
2: yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way. And I think it's, you know, it shows like we're obviously in the same, like, you know, in terms of our side hustle, like we're very similar. So Mm -hmm. it makes sense that somebody who falls maybe more in like the creative entrepreneurial, Mm -hmm. uh, we have those interests that we would gravitate towards smaller companies. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I have friends who love order and love structure and don't want to be making certain decisions and they thrive in you know those larger companies where things are more rigid. So I definitely don't. Th- I, I I think large companies can sometimes take a bit of a hit, like in a negative way. And so I wouldn't want to discourage anyone from them.
0: Yeah. In terms of, I guess like we were saying, like quitting your job. I I always find like hearing people's quitting their job stories and experiences like just so interesting, especially in your twenties, because like quitting your job is the worst thing ever. Like it is so terrifying and especially for people like you and I. I feel like we both, you know, are anxious people mm-hmm. and have anxiety and like, it's just so bad. Like, it so is. like, were you just so done? You're like, I-, I don't even care. Like I'm just quitting or was it still like a really hard experience?
2: Um, So I was pretty done. And the reason for that was because um, for anyone who's like not familiar with my story, I was trans i was in management consulting and i got transferred into the audit department and to me that was like the universe not to get all spiritual here but i'm going to uh <laughs> the universe was like the universe was like bitch you need to quit and you're not <laughs> listening to me and you're not doing it on your own so i'm putting you in the audit department so you have no choice but to listen yeah so at that point even they knew aside from well, like me saying, "Oh, emotionally, this doesn't feel right to to work at this company." Mm-hmm. They knew that they had messed up by putting me in audit, and so they they weren't surprised when I quit. So that right. kind of helped ease the anxiety of having to tell people that you're quitting. Mm-hmm. um The craziest part was how they like kind of really tried to convince me to stay. Okay, and that was difficult. Yeah, but I was pretty solid in my decision and you know, for anyone who's like a little bit spiritual too, maybe I would ask for signs all the time. Like I would ask for like certain numbers as signs or certain, uh, like visual cues. And so I would get those. Um, and that's how I knew I was on the right path. And mm-hmm. I think without that, it would have been more difficult because mm-hmm. I just needed some kind of like confirmation that I was making the right choice. Mm-hmm. I love that. I
0: think it's so true when you're quitting you never want to like force it like i think then you then it's not right i, I think that i guess i've had four jobs out of school which is like a lot in three years but i have bounced around a lot but it's like every time i have left like i knew it was the yeah. right choice and so it makes it a lot it's still hard and still terrifying but it i don't know i just feel like you'll know when it's time to leave
2: you do know and so A friend of mine told me this Oprah quote that like when I was miserable in my job, it really helped. Mm -hmm. And because she, Oprah came to Montreal and my friend like went to go see her speak. And Oprah said, like, the only difference between me and you is that I am loyal to my intuition. So when Oprah's intuition tells her something like Mm -hmm. Oprah listens. And we all have those moments where our intuition tells us something and we ignore it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so hearing that quote just made me try and tap into my intuition better Mm -hmm. and just listen more. And your intuition will tell you when it's time to quit. Like it's just up to you to listen to it. Like your whole body will tell you, right. You know, Mm -hmm. you'll, you'll get all of these signs and you'll, you'll just know in your gut that something's not right. And that it's time to quit. And then Mm -hmm. The rest of it is just accepting that it's okay. It's okay to quit, you know?
0: Yeah. Every step you make in your career, like you're always moving forward. And I think sometimes it can feel like you've failed. Like I definitely felt like that a bit. I was like, oh, when I got my, big four job i was thinking i'm going to work here forever like i'm mm-hmm. going to work my way up and make a bunch of friends and like this is going to be like my identity in a way like this is just me like i'm a career you know mm-hmm. project yep. manager or whatever and within a year i just felt like um not like i felt like i was doing something wrong by quitting but i just felt like this is not what i thought and it was so disappointing yeah so yeah. And I think that's okay. It's nothing to do with you at all. And I think you just are doing what's right, which is good.
2: Exactly. And even if it is to do with you, like, even if like, for me, a lot of it was, I got, I got my big four job when I was 21. Mm-hmm. And then Same. I spent six months living in Australia after I had gotten my job offer. And mm-hmm. that experience of living abroad and traveling, like as cheesy as it is, it really did change me. Mm-hmm. And then having started my YouTube channel that changed my interests too, because I was like, hey, I like this, it's growing. Like this could, this could be something for me. Um, and then when work was like, well, we don't like that. We don't like that you do that. It just showed that like I, as a person had changed too. And so this mm-hmm. like corporate life probably just wasn't for me anymore. And mm-hmm. I had to tell myself like, hey, it's okay. It's fine that you don't wanna be that person anymore. Mm-hmm. You used to want to be that person. You don't anymore. That's fine.
0: Yeah, totally. Because you're always changing and evolving. And yeah, it's just like you said, it's a, it's just a sign that you've changed, which is a good thing. And yeah, I think you're just like, as you go through life, you're just figuring out more and more who you are. And I think, yeah, you just always learn something with every job too. And I just, even though it wasn't maybe the best experience, like I learned so much about myself because when you figure out what you don't want or what you mm-hmm. don't like, like that, is invaluable. Like you learn almost more about yourself when you're finding out things you don't like. Yeah. So I think it's, it's good. Like I, it's, yeah,
2: a hundred percent, a hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, so I feel like you're really someone who can give advice on how to get a really good job without a bunch of experience. And I think that's probably a question like people would love to hear your
2: thoughts on. So do you have any tips on like how you can get a job without experience? Yes. Um, but it's kind of like a loaded answer because okay. you can't get a job with no experience. It's impossible. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're not, and people email me all the time and they're like, I want to be a big four consultant. I have zero work experience. Yeah. Not going to happen. Sorry. Yeah. But anything can be spun into experience and it's all about mm-hmm. how you sell yourself. Totally. So most of my jobs were retail customer service. I worked you know, at a clothing store, I worked at a spinning studio, Mm -hmm. um, and I worked at a retail bank, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: but I was able to spin all of those things into like sounding like leadership, sounding Mm -hmm. like presenting, um, you know, all of those like skills that they're looking for. So you do need to have some experience and even experience, even education can count as work experience. Mm -hmm. You just have to like pull out those things, um, that match the job description Mm -hmm. And to sell yourself. Yeah. So if you want to be a consultant, the biggest things that they're looking for are leadership skills, teamwork skills, and presentation skills. Mm So did you have to give a lot of presentations during your, you know, university degree? Did you have to work in teams a lot in school? Or, you know, did you, were you selling things uh, at your retail job that, that counts as like, you know, selling experience, or did you manage a team at freaking like Tim Hortons, right? Mm -hmm. All of those things can help you sell yourself. And that is super, super important. Yeah. Um. So whatever job you're applying to, whether it's at the big four at a small firm, you want to read the job description very carefully and try and match the key words that they're looking for to your own skills and experience Mm -hmm. and use the exact same words. Yeah, that's really, really big. So that's like the first kind of bucket of my advice is making sure everything lines up. Yeah. Um, and when I say everything lines up, that doesn't mean you need to meet every single criteria that they're asking for. You know, if you meet half of their requirements, you should still apply. Mm-hmm. But make sure that half of those requirements, the specific wording in them is in your cover letters in your resume. Mm-hmm. And always write a fresh cover letter for every job you're applying to. That is so incredibly mm-hmm. important. And even edit your resume for every job that you're applying to, Mm -hmm. right? If one thing says communication skills and the other job says speaking skills, Mm -hmm. edit that on your resume to match. The more more, like intentional you can be with the documents that you're submitting,
1: Mm -hmm. uh, the
2: better. People who just mass apply for jobs don't get called back. They just Mm -hmm. don't because the recruiter who's reading it knows that you use this resume, you use this cover letter to apply to every firm. Mm-hmm. So that's really important. just be be intentional and 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 make sure things line up. And then the other half is everybody's favorite networking. yeah, is <laughs> so important. Yeah, um, you have so much higher chances of getting a job anywhere if you send a note to somebody on LinkedIn, if you connect with employees ahead of time. And I think there's two two sides to that. The first side is if you message the recruiter or the hiring manager, uh, let's say on LinkedIn, or you reach out to them by email, they're going to remember your name when they're looking through that pile of resumes. They're going to remember you. Mm
1: -hmm. The second
2: half is if you speak with current employees, when you get an interview, you'll be able to name drop and say, I spoke with so-and-so they love working here. And this had me intrigued, right? You have more, uh, reliable grounds to say why you want to work there because you've heard firsthand from somebody who does. Right. Um, and you can say, oh, I've heard that, you know, the projects are super, super interesting. And and this person told me that. Right. That's more credible than just like, well, I read it on your website. Yeah. <laughs> so those are like my top two tips. And most jobs, like any job I've gotten two, I guess, out of, like my second job. So how I was able to leave uh, the big four and get another consulting job is because I reached out to somebody on LinkedIn. Right. Like it's okay. Because of LinkedIn that I got my job. Yeah. So networking is so important and if you met somebody you know three years ago and you're like oh there's no way they remember me reach out to them Mm -hmm. because chances are high that they do remember you Mm -hmm. and even if they don't you can remind them who you are yeah I love that best tips
0: those are such good tips yeah I think (laughs) I really like what you said about you you do have experience even if you haven't worked like the maybe a real corporate job or whatever like everything you do in school you can totally market Mm -hmm. and I think that's something you can easily sell yourself short and I've definitely felt that way when I was graduating I was like oh I've only worked at a restaurant and I was a RA or a Don in university but like that I'm sure got me my first job because when I was a Don I was like oh I you know managed like meetings and managed social media platforms for Mm -hmm. my students and stuff and I think yeah, like really you can use anything. You just have to yeah. be creative.
2: You you have to be creative and you have to be able to look at yourself with like um an external eye. Because it is mm-hmm. really hard to like analyze your own self and be like, Well, what am I good at? I don't know. Yeah. Right. But <laughs> imagine you were asking somebody else, or actually do ask somebody else, like, hey, mm-hmm. what am I good at? Um, or what skills did do you think this person like what sorry, what skills do you think? know this job gave me. So if you're like, oh, I worked in a restaurant all through university. How am I going to get a job as a consultant? Well, okay. You worked in a restaurant. You had to deal with picky customers. You're in Mm -hmm. consulting. You're going to have to deal with picky clients. Mm -hmm. You're working under intense pressure at the restaurant. You're going to work under pressure on your projects in consulting, right? Mm -hmm. That's how you sell yourself. Totally. Um, I also think, uh, shameless plug, I (laughs) offer like consulting services on how to get into a job. And I think everybody says it's so helpful to speak with somebody about like to get an external eye on your resume mm-hmm. and on your skills. Um, so whether you hire somebody or whether you ask your parents or your friends getting like external help is really good too, because it, it is mm-hmm. so hard to look at yourself and see what you're good yeah. at and stuff. Sometimes you just need someone to remind you.
0: Yeah, totally. No, that is such a good idea. Okay. Everyone go listening, go over to her channel and do that. Cause I think that's such a good idea. And I think, yeah, like, and I'm sure you see those all the time. People do sell themselves short and you're like, you can use this experience and you should be doing this. And yeah, yeah, it's it's really important to get another eye on it.
2: And there's a lot of like certified career coaches out there too, right? So if you're like, I don't trust this girl, she doesn't know what she's talking about. (laughs) That's fine. You don't have to trust me. You can go find somebody else and, you know, spend 60 to a hundred dollars getting your resume perfected Mm -hmm. right that is an investment in yourself Mm -hmm. and and if it gets you a job it was worth the money yeah so don't be shy to ask ask for help
0: yeah no those are like such good tips thanks Yay. (laughs) yeah i hope people like just listen to that and and be confident too and i think Mm -hmm. like to your point as well if you shouldn't meet 100% of a job requirement, no. like, if you're meeting 100% of a job's description, you're overqualified for the yes. job. Yes. Like you should meet, you know, 50 to 80%, I think, mm-hmm. max, because then you won't learn anything. You're already you're doing something you already know how to do.
2: Exactly. Like, yeah. you have Yeah, you have to be confident in yourself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just have to take a risk too. like, sometimes you can say, you know what, I don't, I might not get this job. But I'm going to apply anyways, mm-hmm. because you yeah. never know if if you don't apply. I know a yeah. lot of people are like, "Well, I'll never get it, so I'm not going to apply." Well, if you don't apply, you're never going to get it. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. And like, why not? Like, how long does it take to write a cover letter and a resume? Like, it it it's so Max worth the one time. hour. Takes yeah. an hour. Yeah.
2: Like,
0: so and you truly I, and do
2: never know. I know for a lot of people, these activities can be really uncomfortable because it does force you to be kind of introspective and like reflect on yourself and it can cause like I have friends who say like I hate doing my resume it causes me so much anxiety Mm -hmm. and fair enough but then Mm -hmm. hire someone to do it for you you know sit down and work with someone and get it done yeah Um, totally yeah you don't you know I think I don't know you can do anything for real (laughs) you can
0: yeah (laughs) I love that I love that so much and I think one last thing is that like. Um, people. I don't think people realize how much hiring managers hire for personalities.
2: Like, oh my god, I'm so glad yeah. you said that. Yeah, yeah,
0: because <laughs> it's like I'm actually this is my first time. I'm on the other end of hiring. you know, we're hiring people for marketing, and I'm interviewing people, and it's like I'll interview someone, and we don't even talk about their resume or their requirements. It's like, oh, what was she like? Like, was she fun? Mm-hmm. Like, you think she'll fit in? Will people like her? That's literally. All it is because if you get to the interview, you're qualified enough. Yeah. So it's really you're you want to be a team
2: fit and a company fit. And that is so important. So you're you're so right. You're so right. Because the the things you're going to do on the job, they're gonna teach you. But they can't teach you how to be likable, how to fit in with the culture. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm so glad you said that.
0: Yeah, it's so true. Like for me, I didn't go to marketing business school or anything. Like I have a writing degree. So everything I learned in marketing was totally on the job. Like all these tools and theories of marketing and planning a campaign and all this, these terms I didn't even know, but it doesn't, like I, you learn it once and then you know it. So it's mm-hmm. not like, and I think people underestimate how much you learn the job. Like they're not gonna be like, oh, you don't know how to use Salesforce? Okay, we're not hiring you. Like they can <laughs> teach you tools in five minutes. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a big one too okay something else that i love about your channel is that you're so open about finances and i watched one of your really recent videos all about lifestyle creep and i thought that was just like so interesting i had never heard that phrase before and i'm like that is me like i related to it so much of like um and i'll ask you to explain it cuz you can explain it better than i can but um Yeah. I just think it's something a lot of people can relate to. So before we get too much into finances, could you just tell us about lifestyle creep and what it is and just kind of your experience with it? Yeah.
2: So lifestyle creep is when your income increases and so your lifestyle does as well. Mm -hmm. So your spending increases. Um, and so in, for that video, I looked up, you know, like an official definition. And the thing that I really liked was when it said former luxuries become new necessities. Mm-hmm. So where you that. used to, um, you know, buy your purses from forever 21. Now you're buying them from like Holt Renfrew, right? Mm-hmm. That's like a huge lifestyle creep. Okay. My $10 purse to my thousand dollar purse. Right. Mm-hmm. But you're like, no, I need the Louis Vuitton. I need the Gucci bag. That's like, Mm -hmm. that's lifestyle creep. And it could be more subtle than that too, right? It can go from an example that like I do now is I hate walking to the grocery store. So I get Mm -hmm. not only my groceries delivered, but I get my meal kits (laughs) because I don't, you know, and it's way more expensive, but Mm -hmm. I feel entitled to it now and I Mm -hmm. like it now and I'll never go back. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, that's lifestyle creep. Basically just as you make more money, Um, your cost of living goes up.
0: I love that. It's so true. And I think it's, it's interesting. Like for me, when I, my first job was at a charity and I make, I guess, half of what I make now. And I feel like I don't even have that much more in savings. And it's like, you should have double like, Mm -hmm. right. Of what you have, but it's like, my apartment is double the amount it is that I was when I lived in my old apartment. And like, like you said, I order groceries and Uber everywhere. And like, it's so true. Like the necessity is that your yeah. definition of what's necessary just gets like so
2: out of control almost. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what I kind of spoke about in that video is it's okay to want a bigger apartment. It's okay to want a nicer apartment. It's okay to want your groceries delivered. It's okay to want designer bags, but it's when you combine everything that things just get out of control. So Mm -hmm. you just have to choose like what's important. And you also have to be recognizant. I think that's the word you have to recognize (laughs) that you're always going to want something else. And so as your income continues to increase, you want to freeze your lifestyle at a certain point or kind Mm -hmm. of, you want to slow down because if your income's growing at like 10% every year, Mm -hmm. but your spending is growing at 10%, you're not making any more money,
0: right? Right. Totally. So
2: you want your income to grow faster than your spending so Mm -hmm. that you can save money and like retire and buy a house one day. Mm Mm-hmm that's so
0: true yeah you don't make any more money when you're spending your race like and some
2: some people yeah. make even less because
1: mm-hmm.
2: like let's say rent is rent is the killer right rent yeah. is I think most of our biggest expense mm-hmm. so for for me I went from living in an apartment with a roommate that cost me $450 a month okay oh my $450. god $450 so crazy. so cheap it was yeah. in the ghetto it was <laughs> like you know yeah. it was like it was not the best apartment mm-hmm. and now my rent has gone up pretty much by a by 9 it, it's gone up by 900 dollars a month yeah so that's huge yeah and so if you constantly upgrade your rent yeah like let's say your rent increases by like 15 percent every year but mm-hmm. your salary is only going up by 10 well now you're pocketing less money yeah you're losing money so, Exactly. And mm-hmm. you have to recognize too that your tax brackets are going to go up as you make more money. Like there's so yeah. much to consider yeah. when you make more money that you have to be so careful with your spending because yeah. it's so easy for things just to get out of control Totally, and for new habits to creep in. Like, oh, I'm going to buy my coffee every day instead of making it. I'm going to mm-hmm. you know, shop online all the time. Like whatever.
0: Yeah. And I think it's like, it's so easy to think that way. Like even for me, I'm, you know, asking for a raise at work this week actually. And my mind goes to like, okay, when I get this raise, what am I going to buy myself? Yeah. (laughs) Which is such a bad way to think, but it's almost, I think we live in such a materialistic culture, obviously with TikTok and Instagram and all this stuff, but it's like, I'm not
2: thinking, oh, how much more am I going to save? Like, exactly. And which is how you should be thinking. But yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's a matter of like balancing both because Mm -hmm the goal isn't to get a good job and make lots of money so that you can like live in your mom's basement for the rest of your life. Like that's not fun, Mm -hmm. but find the point where you're comfortable Mm -hmm. and try and just stay there. Yeah. That's kind of, and that's my goal. Like that's what I'm currently working on is like, Mm -hmm. okay, I've really inflated my lifestyle, like my $900 rent increase. Like let's stay Mm -hmm. here for a bit. Mm -hmm. Let's just chill and get, be happy here. (laughs) Yeah. And like you said too,
0: um, and I think you've said this in one of your videos, like I'm I tried to budget with like a spreadsheet and like all this stuff. And I hated it. Like, Mm -hmm. I just, like, I hated, like entering in my $3 for a coffee and like Spotify and all that stuff. Like, it just made me like so upset. (laughs) So then I think, like you said, you can pick and choose, like to your point, like you can get an apartment. It doesn't mean you can't spend any money, like pick like one or two things that are generally will improve your happiness. And that's important to you and a priority but not everything. It's yeah. like a couple things. And I don't think you do. And I know it works really well for some people like the budget like that, but I think you don't have to feel like you're always on like a tight budget. So you can save, I think you can just pick and choose.
2: That's, yeah. I, I mm-hmm. so agree.
0: Yeah. So you're someone who shares like a bunch of really great advice on finances and you're so open. Like, I love your monthly updates on all hey. your finances and it's just so fun to watch. Um, what would you say are like your biggest either lessons learned or your biggest
2: tips that you can give to people for who are in their twenties with money and finances? Yeah. So I guess what we just talked about kind of lifestyle creep would be a big one is just choose, choose what's important to you. Um, yeah. And, and in order to do that, you kind of have to like practice gratitude because Mm -hmm. if like, I feel like gratitude is looking, down it's not looking backwards Mm -hmm. or forwards it's looking like down Mm -hmm. or down or up at where you are now right like you're looking and and being thankful for where you are now um stop looking at other people on TikTok on Instagram Mm -hmm. it's all fake yeah it's all fake even you and I even what we post it's probably Mm -hmm. fake yeah and not because we're trying to be fake but Mm -hmm. because people interpret it the way, totally. they, the way that yeah. they want to see it, perhaps not as we intended it. So mm-hmm. um, that's my biggest tip is like I was just trying so hard to keep up with like Instagram trends and like flex culture mm-hmm. that I was just spending way, way, way above my means.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so yeah, that's tip number one. Tip number two is to have a goal or multiple goals. I think that was the other thing that really helped me and kept me kind mm-hmm. of grounded was like I had this huge amount of debt that I needed to pay off. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I set a solid goal of like, I'm going to pay this off. And so it really kept Mm me moving in a certain direction. And it was like my why, okay, Mm -hmm. why am I not, you know, why am I telling my friends that I I don't want to get takeout with them tonight because I want to pay off my debt. Right. If you don't have a why or a purpose, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's going to be harder. And like to that point, so I, I paid off my debt and Mm -hmm. my new goal is just to save money. Right. That's that's so broad, so it's not motivating. So I'm Mm -hmm. spending money like crazy. Mm -hmm. So like be specific. Be like, I want this amount of money for XYZ. Right. And they can change and whatever, but like set goals, write them down, tell your friends and family about it so that they can hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. Um, those are like my two biggest tips. Yeah,
0: those are such good tips. I think money's so weird in your 20s because you know, you start it's the first time I'm sure for most people when you start actually making money. And Mm -hmm. for a lot of us, you don't have any kids, you don't own a, you don't have a mortgage. So it's like, it's really hard to know how to handle it. Not like you're having all this money, but just how to handle even a a starting salary. Like it's really complicated. And I think it is good to like do some research into your videos and Google and just educate yourself a bit on like investing and saving and all this stuff. Cause it, it is like, overwhelming and yeah
2: yeah and like I think you can recognize like you're gonna make mistakes mm-hmm. and that's fine mm-hmm. and everyone has their own style too so some people are so adamant that in your 20s is time to save it's time yeah. to save 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 mm-hmm. don't spend money don't have fun just save <laughs> yeah Budget. I'm not like that like yeah obviously same. that's not me And then on the other hand, there's people who are like, well, your 20s is your time to have fun. So don't worry. Just go spend your Mm -hmm. money. And I don't really agree with that either. I think everybody has their own middle ground that makes them feel comfortable. Some Mm -hmm. people are really comfortable with debt and they're like, I don't care about my student debt. I'm going to, you know, and it's all just about what makes you feel comfortable and what makes Mm -hmm. you feel like empowered. Mm -hmm. Uh, with your own money and so I think it can be trial and error and like you said doing research Mm -hmm. like you can find you know youtubers and accounts that align with what you like Mm -hmm. and like follow them and use them as inspiration to kind of stay on track Mm -hmm. totally and I I think I really like what you said about
0: gratitude and being grateful and I think I struggle with that so much. Like I'm definitely a huge consumer and I'm always thinking, I'm a huge planner and always thinking the next step. And I think when it does, does come to finances, like you don't need to, you don't need more. Like that's what I'm, I'm like, Oh, I need more, some summer outfits or I need the new sweater. Like literally this week, I think I ordered so many things and I, like, I actually don't need them. Like I don't even like, I It would be fine without them. And I think it, it is so important, like with finances and with your salary and everything just to be like grateful for what you have and I think that's a really good first step like whether you have debt or not like just thinking in that way I think it's a really healthy way to think
2: yeah and it's like if you don't be grateful now you're not going to be grateful when you get that next thing on your wish list mm-hmm. so yeah like you may as well start now
0: yeah and I think this is kind of off topic but I always you always see posts of like people being like the nine to five life sucks and like, you know, work for, like it's trash and you don't want to be stuck to an office. And that's something I always say too. It's like people would, some people would kill for a nine to five job. Like it Mm -hmm. is so, we're so lucky to be employed, like especially in the last year. And it's really like amazing to have a full-time job with benefits and it's comfy to have a solid income every two weeks or every month or whatever it is. And I think like, you know, It's just important, I think we forget that a lot of the times because it's so, like, glamorized, you know, be a TikToker and, like, whatever. (laughs) I don't know, but I would love to talk to you as well about salary negotiations. Are you someone who thinks it's, like, always important to negotiate your salary, or what do you think about that?
2: Yes, I think you should always... Let's be real. The first salary you get out of university, you're going to be too scared to negotiate it. I probably. totally agree. Yeah. And that's fine. That's okay. I did not negotiate my first salary, especially if you're going into a large company. Often the salaries for startings are just set and you cannot negotiate anyways. Yeah. Um, but as you move around in your career, you can and should always negotiate your salary. Mm-hmm. Um, you can watch a lot of videos on like how to do that, blah, blah, blah. And the the kind of underrated thing, I think, is uh, if you can't negotiate on your actual take-home pay, you can negotiate on other things like, okay, well, if you can't, you know, offer me the $5,000 extra that I'm asking for, would you consider paying my cell phone bill every month? Would you mm-hmm. cons- you know, we're all working remote. Would you consider paying my internet bill? Ask for those little add-ons because mm-hmm. those go a really long way. And I think they're almost better than getting more money because let's say you get a $2,000 raise. $2,000 sounds like a lot of money, mm-hmm. but that's spread out over 52 weeks and then you're taxed on it. So mm-hmm. you're not really gonna see the mm-hmm. impact of that money. But getting your $80 phone bill reimbursed at the end of every month, that's something tangible that's really, really helpful for you. And it's easier to ask for those things than it is to ask for money because it's more, especially when we're young, it's hard to be like, well, you should give me more money because I say so, right? Because we don't have that much experience. But you should pay my phone bill because I'm going to be using my phone for work or you should pay Mm -hmm. my home internet bill because I'm going to be using my internet for work. Well, that Mm -hmm. can't be argued. So I think those are really easy like beginner-friendly ways to do some yeah. salary negotiation.
0: I love that. that. That's such a, I've never actually even thought of doing that. Um, Yeah. And I think, like you said, like it, it is really hard to negotiate your first salary, especially, you know, you probably don't have that much experience. You don't have a lot of market value to prove, but I, I totally agree. And I think, especially as a woman in business, like yeah. negotiate your salary, like men will negotiate their salary and I think as women it's just don't be a statistic like I just always feel like we are so much more like you know you think it through you're like oh well this is good and like this makes sense and this make me happy but don't think that way like always negotiate because they're not going to turn you down or not give you the job you're not going to get fired like the worst thing they're going to say is no or not right now and I think it's just
2: always ask because why not I, yeah, I so like I love that you said that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I tell myself like would a man do this? And if the yeah. answer is yes, then I force myself to do it. Yeah. Because I like what you said, don't be a statistic. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. don't don't be a statistic. And that goes back to what we talked about with applying for jobs. So there's like this well-known stat that men will apply for a job if they meet mm-hmm. 50% where women wait for a hundred percent. Like mm-hmm. don't be a part of that statistic either. Just apply for mm-hmm.
0: the job. Totally. I think negotiating too it doesn't have to be so like aggressive and awkward as you think and this job I, the job i just got a, i negotiated and it was the first time i had and and they gave it to me if you didn't ask like they're never going to be like actually you know what we'll give you yeah. 10,000 more <laughs> like they're never going to do that but if you ask and you have a good reason like i would say do some research prove your market value and um I think also if you have a competitive offer, that's probably the best way to do it if you can yeah. somehow arrange that. Um, but yeah, I think just always, always ask and yeah, yeah. That's just a good practice to get into too.
2: Exactly. It's it, it and it is practice negotiating. Mm-hmm. So do yourself a favor, especially for later. Right. Right now, as we're young, we're talking a matter of ten, five, ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars, which over a year, like it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But over a year, it's not, you know, it's not crazy. Um, Which is also just to say that like, if they don't give you that $10,000, you don't need to not take the job. Mm -hmm. Um, But later in our careers, we're going to be talking Mm $50,000, right? So get in the practice now of negotiating for when it is like those big numbers down the line. Mm
0: -hmm. And also, isn't it like... 60% 60% or something of employers expect you to negotiate. Like yeah. they're waiting, maybe it's probably yeah. higher than that. Like, I think there are a lot of times people are waiting for you to negotiate. They offer you this much, but they know you're gonna ask for more. And yeah. I think you're, it's such a missed opportunity because they're probably yeah. gonna give you yeah. at least a little bit more.
2: Um. So yeah. I think a lot of the times smaller companies will come flat out and say like, this is what we can afford. This is the max of what we can afford. And so if that's the case, that's when you can come in and ask for those like supplemental things like I spoke Mm -hmm. about. But if you're going into a large company, this is something I didn't know before getting into like corporate corporations. They have so much money. Like to us, you know, a $50,000 salary Mm -hmm. is so much money. To them, it's nothing. It's nothing. Like (laughs) they have the money to give you what you're asking for. So like Mm -hmm. go go grab it. Go get it. Like
0: they're raking in like 40 billion I think the, the, the <laughs> yeah. 50 grand they're gonna be okay yeah yeah I know and like it's like a the job I I have now they told me they had a budget but truly like budgets aren't real like when it like <laughs> like they are but it's like if something the extra 10 grand isn't gonna like ruin their budget like mm-hmm. budgets are so flexible and I think sometimes they'll say that they're like, this is what we can't afford in your interview, but you'll be surprised. I think even if they say that, like, I wouldn't be, like you said, nervous to ask for like some other things, maybe not. It's like a lump sum, but even if they're like hard on their budget, I think don't let that deter you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was everything that I wanted to cool.
2: ask you. That was so fun. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I feel so empowered. I feel <laughs> ready to work, but it's 830.
0: Yeah. You know, it's like nine o'clock <laughs> at night. Um, Okay. Well, I would love for everyone to go check out your channel, like check out your services, your Instagram, like where can people, where can people find you?
2: Um, Okay. So my YouTube is just my name, Zoe Pritchard. Uh, You can watch my vlogs, my money content, all of that. My Instagram is just search my name. You'll find it. My Instagram name's like a weird handle. (laughs) Um, I'm not very good at pimping myself out but uh follow me would love to to, to see you there
0: go subscribe that was terrible <laughs> no that was good <laughs>
2: please please subscribe if you don't mind if you have the time
0: <laughs> yeah i love your channel so much like i'm just so excited that you were on the podcast um, i'm
2: so excited to be here like it's so crazy you were the first the first work vlog i think i ever really watched especially about big four And now I'm on your podcast. How very full circle. And neither of us work at Big Four anymore.
0: (laughs) Look how far we've come. It's amazing. Okay. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. Everyone go find her. Go subscribe. Go to her Instagram. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.